0: All right. Hey, as I told you, uh, J.J.'s going to be preaching today. A couple weeks ago, Zane preached. Um, uh, God is is speaking to Zane um, about a possible church plant slash ministry at the Cove in Fort Pierce. If you've never been there, um, if you were to go right now, you would see that the Cove is full of people. And so God's calling Zane somehow, some way to maybe preach at the Cove on Sunday mornings. And uh, we don't know what that looks like since there's nobody doing it. Uh, so be praying for Driftwood, for Zane. Zane, you can use some prayers on that, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, we don't really know what it all looks like. So uh, be praying for that. But uh, And then next week, uh, uh, Seth, you're, you're preaching right next week, right? And uh, But today's JJ. Now, JJ. Man, it's already like 10.23. I'm usually done by now, so I don't know what that means, <laughs> know man, know so means. you have had it. I just lied in church, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. That's All right. So I, we'll cover the whole line thing. It's fine. All right, so anyway, see, I'm JJ. Uh, you might have seen, if you came at the right time, my little boy Keone, he runs around. Um, usually a bunch of girls are chasing him, and uh, but that's okay. You know, that's good. He's working on his life that way. So, uh, but, uh, so, but I love Keone very much. Like yesterday, we went to uh, SeaWorld, uh, just me and him. Ashley was working a baseball tournament, so we took off. We went to SeaWorld. We went uh, and saw my brother. He came and visited uh, in Orlando, so we hung out with him, too. Uh, saw my parents. They came over, so they got to see like Keone and his little uh, cousin Carson. They're three months apart. Uh, they know each other, when they see each other, Keone will say, Carson, and Carson will say, Keone, well, it's like, Keoni, something like that, but anyway, so they, they, they see each other, they love each other, they chase each other, they fall down, they get scraped together, it's great, and, and so it's just kind of a cool little setup uh, to be able to hang out with family like that, but we went to SeaWorld, and uh, while we were at SeaWorld, uh, I got to chase Keone around and watch him throw his little tantrums, and I couldn't fault him for that, though, because I understand, like, he wants his, his way, his way. That's how he is born. That's how we're all born. We want our way, our way. Um, and uh, we gave him a name, though. Keone. Keone was a name that was born out of the fight that Ashley and I had about what we should call him. Because I wanted to name him John Charles Lane the fourth, Because <laughs> after him would probably be John Charles Lane the V. And that's cool, like, you could just sign your name with a V, you know, like the fifth. I don't know, V for Vendetta, like, you'd be like, I mean, there's just like all sorts of, we could have names, nicknames, as a great grandparent, I could have given him these. But anyway, so Keone was was born out of the fact that we thought about, do we name him John? And Ashley said, no, that's an old name. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's okay, we can name him John. John means wisdom. And so let's name him John. She said, no. So I, I kept fighting. We kept arguing about it. And finally, um, I said, you know what? I'm going to name this kid John, whether she wants to name him that or not. So I lo- yes. we look up, and we find out that the Hawaiian kind of Polynesian name for John, because we love the beach and all that good stuff, is Keone. It means wisdom, same thing. So I was like, okay, we're, we'll name him Keone. And she's like, I love it. So we... So then I was like, let's do John Keone. And that took a little bit when we got there. So he's John Keone. He's John Keone. His first name's John, and she hates that when she goes to the doctor. Uh, but uh, Keone is what he kind of knows his name to be. My name has always been JJ, but I'm a John, and you know I just kind of have had to get used to it. So uh, I I spent my whole elementary school year saying, no, my name's JJ. He'll spend his whole year saying, it's Keone, and he'll have to explain it a lot more. But when he gets to explain it, this is the explanation. Keone and John both mean the same thing. It means wisdom. So my prayer is that God gives him a double blessing of wisdom. But it goes further than that. My prayer is also that he has a love for other cultures and people. Uh, And it's actually proven pretty true that Keone does not have a shy bone in his body. (laughs) If you have met him, you'll know. If you have it, you should go say hi. If If he's shy at first, it's because he's just not feeling well. Uh, but after he gets to know you, he'll run up, and it's just a consistent thing where you can't get rid of him. So, uh, but he he does. He loves people. So that's the prayer. Is that um, through the name that we gave him, there's a meaning behind it. There's there's an intention behind it. And the person we're looking at this morning is Sarah. Her name starts off kind of more like Sarai. I don't know. Like to me, like that's how you'd say it if you were from the south. But I'm sure there's a really good way to say it. It's S A R A I. And when she was named that, it meant my princess. So you can imagine Daddy holding his little princess in his arms, right, to begin. And he says, this is my princess. And Mom, this is my princess. This is Sarah. She's my princess. And so that's how her name starts off as my princess. And God is going to take her, transform her through her life. And she's not just going to be my princess to Abraham, but she's going to be the princess, which is S-A-R-A-H. The princess, the mother of a nation, the mother of peoples. And so there's a very specific reason why she has a name to begin with. And there's this very specific reason why God ends up changing it and makes it Sarah. It's that she is the princess. Um, But we want to take that and we're going to kind of break it down. So before I get into reading scripture to tell you about Sarah, let me give you a little bit more background on her. Uh, In the Muslim tradition... Sarah is considered to be the most beautiful woman besides Eve. Just to kind of give you this breakdown. We both have kind of the the ancestry goes back to Abraham. So their tradition states Sarah is the most beautiful woman besides Eve. Eve was considered to be so beautiful, she got two-thirds of the beauty that God had given all women. So sorry, you know. Um, She was considered the most beautiful and so in the tradition, that's what it says. But Sarah was considered to be like the top. Like if, if someone had to have the most beauty of all, Sarah would have been given it to her. And she was very beautiful. At 65 years old, scripture will tell us about how she walks into Egypt with her, her husband Abraham. And they walk in, they're kind of, and Abraham's like, oh, we're in Egypt. You know what? You're so beautiful, they're going to kill me because of you. And so he says, let's just call you my sister, which wasn't a lie. But, you know, we'll get there. So <laughs> it wasn't a lie. You're my sister. You, you we'll, we'll just act like it. Pharaoh's princes find out, oh, there's this beautiful woman. She's in town. Pharaoh, here's a beautiful woman for you. Another one. You know, But she's the most beautiful. She's 65 years old. But she's the most beautiful woman that can be found. And Pharaoh agrees, and he takes her as his own. And then that's whenever God... Like kind of starts giving some curses and, and Pharaoh's like, oh, what's going on? He freaks out. He's like, Abram, come here. What, why did you do this? Well, I thought you'd kill me if, if you found out she was my wife because you'd want her and she's so beautiful. And I think Pharaoh was like, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she is beautiful. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. She's 65 and I think she's the most beautiful. So like, she's beautiful. She's my princess. You think that might have gone to her head a little bit? I don't know. I mean, Scripture never says that it does. But come on, ladies, like if you were the most beautiful woman on earth, like literally Pharaoh at 65 is like, I want you. All these other ladies are around, but you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And then on top of that, Abram, <laughs> his whole life is calling you my princess, my princess, your whole life, daddy, my princess, my princess. You think you would have gone to her head? I don't know. Maybe it did. But we do know one thing about her. She's probably one of the most faithful women to a man in Scripture, up until a point, and we're going to get to that. So, but she is, she's super faithful. Here it is. That's not the right direction. Here it is. All right. We're going to talk about faithfulness, and faith is funny. All right. See it? You're supposed to laugh. <laughs> See, fun e. I want to burrow that into your mind sometimes. All right. So it's funny sometimes. What is going on here? He did. I think my thing just died. Okay, there we go. I've got to turn the laser on. So faith is funny sometimes, and here's why. All right? Genesis 11:29. 29. Abraham and Nahor, they're kind of like this, this brother-type setup. They took wives. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarah, Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. So the, the, the idea is that Abram takes this wife, her name's Sarah, all right? Genesis 1130, immediately preceding this, here we go, the number one big drop of the mic. Now Sarah was barren and she had no child. Okay, so a man takes a wife. And the understanding, if you're following Yahweh, God, the one true God, is that God created man and woman. He created for them for each other. And the idea was that man would leave uh, his mom and his dad. Woman would leave her mom and her dad. And they would come together and they would cleave. They'd leave and they'd become one. Okay, from the very beginning, the the God they worship, Yahweh, says under this understanding, you're going to have a wife and you're going to have one wife. And you two are going to cleave to each other. You're going to be with each other. You're going to be faithful to each other. And you're going to have this special relationship. Abraham has a special relationship with Sarah. It's his wife. And she's barren. She cannot give him children. The other thing is that in this time period, now you have uh, a man and his wife that cannot have children. And everything hinges on the fact that you can have children. What, What you do with all of your possessions hinges on that fact. What you do with the entire family in this patriarchal society hinges on the fact that you can have children. What, your name itself hinges on the fact that you can have children. And Sarah and Abram cannot have children. Sarah was barren. She was not able to have children. Here's another thing that Sarah had to deal with, with the fact that she could not have children. She is going to grow up in a household surrounded by other women with their husbands having children. And this is where I was thinking about it on the drive home last night, okay? I'm a youth minister. I have been since I was 19, and that's a fun story in itself. But what it comes down to is this, 19, 20, 21, 22, those years specifically, I'm growing up as a youth minister. I'm teaching kids. I'm I'm getting to know these, these crazy teenagers. I know their, like, desires, I know their hopes, I know their fears, I know what they really think about their parents, and it's that they usually they love you, right? So, like, <laughs> they don't tell you that, but that's what it usually is. I know I know their thoughts, and I know all of that's going on in their life. They're telling me this stuff, and then as they tell me what's going on in their life, a lot of it being, like, the burdens and desires that God has given them, I would then go to, I'd say, did you tell your mom and dad? They'd be like, no, I wouldn't do that, they wouldn't agree with this, blah, 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 you know, like, they can't know. So I go to mom and dad, I'm like, hey... Here's what your adult, your teenager says, you should encourage them. Or, hey, here's how your teenager feels, you should help them out. Or, hey, your teenager's struggling in this area. I'm not going to tell you specifics, but they're struggling in this area. Do you think that maybe you could start to lead them in this direction or in this way? Oh, they won't listen to me, JJ. They, they don't actually feel that way, JJ. Or they don't this... There was one specifically, though, that topped it up here, and it was the answer I would get all the time, but this is where it was at the top. I had a teenager that knew, 100% knew that God was calling her on a mission trip. Just one little mission trip. It was to China, and it was a part of China that we're not allowed to talk about, but she uh, she knew that she was supposed to go. And her parents found out where, and specifically the fact that it was halfway around the world, and they say no. You're not allowed to go. She's like, JJ, what do I do? I was like, well, your parents said no. I think you should pray if you know that you're supposed to go. She said, well, you know, I'm almost 18. Like, once, I'll be 18 by the time the trip comes, so I'll just go anyways. I'm like, you should really, like, pray about it. And you should, I'll talk to your parents a little bit, but you should really pray. Well, her parents, like, called me that night and they're telling me this whole story that I already knew, and they, they're telling me that their kid's threatening, oh, I'll be 18, I could just leave the house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to listen. You know? But I'm like, why, why don't you let her go? Well, we love her, she's our princess, you know. we love her. We don't want anything to happen to her. Well, God's gonna take care of her. If, if she dies, what happens to her? Where's she going? Heaven. Like, she knows exactly where she's going. Don't you know where she's going? Yeah, we know where she's going. Uh, JJ, you don't understand. You don't understand because you don't have kids yet. (laughs) You don't have kids. What do you mean I don't understand? She wants to do what God told her to. What do you mean I don't understand? JJ, you just don't understand. You don't have kids. Can you imagine Sarah trying to give advice, godly advice, to one of those ladies that are in the group? Oh, but don't you think that, but what about, they really want. Sarah, you don't understand. Sarah, you don't have kids. You don't understand. You, You can't possibly relate with me. You don't know what it's like, Sarah. You know, six months after giving birth. Hey, you, you want to go do something? Oh, Sarah, you don't understand, do you? You you just don't get it. I I we gotta stay with the kids, Sarah. Like it's, kids gotta come and cry. Like, you gotta get used to it. You, you don't understand. I think Sarah growing up, it was more than just I can't have kids. Like literally her whole life is about you don't understand. You don't you've never had a kid. So we're moving on. We're gonna see where she continues to have. These doubts and these fears and and what's going on in her life. Genesis 12, 1 through 2. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Abraham comes home. Sarah, guess what? We're going to be a great nation. She's like, but I'm He's like, but God just told me. So Sarah and Abraham, I'm sure, are like, oh, yeah, we're going to have kids. I can finally say, I told you I knew what I was talking about. I told you I knew how to raise kids. But then they have to wait, like, a long time. There's a promise that's been given, and there's celebration, I'm sure, but now we've got to wait. Genesis 15, 1 through 6. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven. The number of stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said, so shall your offspring be. He believed the Lord and he counted to him his righteousness. Again, here we go. Ready? Sarah, we've been waiting forever. And guess what? I just had God tell me. He said, look at the stars, Sarah. Come on, let's go. Look at the stars, Sarah. Look at all of them. We're going to have so many. Like Our, our offspring are just going to be ridiculously numbered. This kid, we're going to have a kid, Sarah. It's just been told to me again. And Sarah's like, yay, okay, okay, let's do it. Let's go. Let's have a kid. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. Genesis 16, 1 through 6. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. Sarah said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord, God, the guy that keeps giving you promises, has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant, and it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of you coming home with these promises that you say God has given you. I'm super excited every time, and I keep waiting, and nothing is happening, Abram. Let's just have a kid. Here's a way to have a kid. Everyone else is doing it. Those other guys out there, they have more than one wife. Break your covenant, covenant with me. I don't care anymore. I just want a kid. I want to do what God has said to do, and you know what? The only way to do it is for us to just go ahead and have a kid through this, this servant of mine. So I just take my servant and go have a kid. Abram's like, okay. I'm I'm sure that it was like that, right? Like, she blows up, okay, right? Dumb move for both of them. But anyway, so three. So Abram, after he lived ten years in the land of Canaan, so uh, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, she conceived, and when she saw that she conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Well, who's serving who now? Could you imagine? Pregnant? Oh, Sarah, I don't feel like doing the dishes today. I'm pregnant with your child. You do my dishes. Oh, oh, Sarah, this this pillow needs to be fluffed. You know, I fluffed your pillow so much. Come fluff my pillow. Oh, I have your kid. Oh, oh, Sarah. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna work today. You know, that's you. That's all, you know, it's servant. I don't really like that, I'm not I'm not that anymore. I'm more than that now. Uh, you know what, you you take care of it. You got it, got it. I'm just gonna go over here in the shade with the breeze. Actually, you might need to bring a fan later. Go get some like dates or plums or whatever we got back then and you know, just bring them. Just fan me and feed me, Sarah. You know, I got your kid. Oh, Sarah, that's a big plate of food there. Oh, I'm hungry man. I, oh, that's right. Cause I have your kid. I, I'm the one that's carrying the kid. You're not. So you know what? You, you should really serve me, right? Sarah said to Abraham, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant your, to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between me and you. <laughs> Abram said to Sarah, behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as she please. Like, whoo, okay. You win again, right? So Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. <laughs> Sarah had, had enough. She said, forget about the promise. Forget about the kid that she has. Forget about all that. Look at me. I went from being your princess, and now I'm this servant of the household. i got to do all this stuff, and she's, she just hates me. She despises me. She looks at me with contempt. What are you thinking? Why did you even let this happen? Aren't you supposed to be the spiritual the spiritual head of the household? Okay, fine, do what you want. Fine, gosh. Sarah, go ahead, do what you want. Sarah's like starting to lose her marbles. Just a little bit. This is like a point in her life. You know how you have highs and lows in your life? Anyone like, you know, like you look back, you're like, oh, I'm not so sure about doing that back then, right? Or today. Right, So I'm not so sure about what I just made a decision about. Everyone, You can hopefully testify those decisions in your life. You're like, that wasn't a good decision. That was a very bad decision. I should have thought about that decision. I should have prayed about that decision. I should have sought counsel about that decision. I should have listened to the counsel about that decision. I should have looked in the word of God about that decision. Those things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's where Sarah's at right now. And she realizes that there's literally nothing that she can do so what's she going to do? She's going to try to sweep it under the rug. You ever try to sweep it under the rug? Just kind of hide it? Just put it in the closet and close the door and lock it and throw the key somewhere? And then what does God sometimes do or almost all the time do with that key? He says, hey, you dropped your key. <laughs> You're like, God, no, I didn't want that key. He's like, Go open the closet. Let's get this stuff aired out really quick. Come on. He's like, no, I just want to hide it. So God's going to pull that out of the closet real quick. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. He brings her back in. God comes to uh, Hagar when she's out in the wilderness. He's like, go back. Get back to Abram. Sarah's going to kill me. No, she's not. Just go back to Abram. Give birth to the child. Listen to me. Follow me. I see where you're at. I know who you are, Hagar. I see where you're at. I know how you feel. Go back to Abram. Okay, God. She goes back. She gives birth to Ishmael. He promises Hagar. He's like Ishmael is going to have a lineage of his own. I promise he's going to be blessed. He's part of the family, but he's not the one that I want for Abram. But he's he's part of this is a mistake. This thing that's messed up. This thing that's being trying to be swept under the rug. I don't let that happen. That's not my nature. I don't hide things. I make I make beauty out of brokenness. That is my nature. I am God. I'm perfect. We're going to take this kid and where he's going to be raised and hopefully he's going to be raised. Right. We find out later that he actually makes fun of Isaac a lot and he gets kicked out of the house. Like he it's, it's to the point where as a teenager, he's making his own decisions. He's not being corrected in the right way. He picks on Isaac, the, the kid that's to be born all the time. He gets kicked out of the house. That's what we find out later. And it was his own decision that caused it to happen. As a teenager. So if you guys have a teenager and you think, oh, they're too stupid to make decisions. No, they're not. They make, I mean, they make stupid decisions, but they're not too stupid to make the right decision. And that's my whole life point. Like, I, I do student ministry a lot on Wednesday nights. I do that. And my whole point is let's read the word of God so we can know what it says, so we can apply it to life, so we can stop making so many stupid decisions and we can just ask God what he wants us to do. And we're working towards that, you know, a little process. Anyone that knows the teenagers that I have know that we're working towards that. It's a process, a very long process. Genesis 17, here we go. Ready for it? I could have read Hebrews 11 and you guys could have been like, wow, Sarah was such an awesome person. She had so much blessing in her life. No, read the story the way it was given to you in the beginning. Read it from her perspective. Life was terrible. Life was just a long waiting game. Life was like trying to figure something out. And it was trying to figure faith out. Genesis 17, starting in 15, it says, God said to Abram, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah or Sarai, but you should call her Sarah. And sh- uh, that shall be your name. From my princess to the princess, she is going to be the mother of a nation. I will bless her. And moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abram fell on his face and laughed. Because faith is funny sometimes. He said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? So shall Sarah who is ninety years old bear a child? Really God? Now? Come on. Yeah. Abram said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. i got this teenager, God. He's, he's like, I've been through the 10, 11, 12. He's turning 13. God, he's 13. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> 13. He's going to be 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Teen. He's going to be a teen. Let's let me train him. He's almost there. I can hit him a couple more times. Maybe he'll get it. No. God says, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son. You shall call his name Isaac, which means laughter. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I've heard you, but behold, I have blessed him. And will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes. And I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac. Whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. Well that's a different little bit of a blessing promise. God if you could have given me the amount of years to begin with. Then I wouldn't have done all this other stuff in my past. I think God's like, he would have forgotten my blessing the moment I said 30 years. He would have been like, what? Excuse me? God, we can speed that up. No, God makes him wait because that wait, that growing patience is what grows that faith. And so now he finally says, hey, this time next year, you're going to have a baby boy from Sarah. Sarah! She's like, shut up! <laughs> Get out of here! I don't want to hear whatever you're about to say. No, Sarah, I promise. Next year, this time next year. There's a timeline now. We can mark off the calendar. <laughs> Sarah's like, okay, you know, fine, okay, let's do let's go. let's, let's have a kid. We can do this. God said, next time, this time, next year. If it doesn't happen next year, then you know what? That's it. I'm done. I'm just going to, we're done. You know, like, fine, let's do it. We'll we'll, we'll just, we'll believe this. We're going to believe this promise. Genesis 18, 9 through 15. They believe the promise, and what is needed to happen to have a kid happens to have a kid. As it has many other times before, it hasn't had a kid. Verse 9. Here comes this little group of people. On God's behalf, Abram considers it to be the Lord. They start having a conversation. They're talking about what's going to happen. It's like God's like reaffirming it. Like, hey, you guys celebrated. I told you, but let's talk about it again. Let's just be clear of the plan. The one that you have messed up. The one that you haven't followed to a T. The one where I tried to explain to you that you're going to have a wife with Sarah. Let's just make sure we're clear. No more Hagar. No other maidservants. We're going to have this discussion. They said, hey, hey, where's Sarah, your wife? He said, she's in the tent, which was true. She was like literally right on the outside of the inside of the tent. She's listening. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent behind the door, right? Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. Remember, 100, 90, pretty old. The way of the woman had ceased to be with Sarah. She could not have kids. It was literally impossible. Sarah laughed, because faith is funny sometimes. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I am worn out, my Lord is old, shall I actually have this pleasure? Shall I actually be able to look at everyone that's ever raised a kid in front of me and say, I know how to raise a kid? Or should should I actually be able to finally look at a little kid running across and say, no, 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 no? Should I actually be able to take that little kid that's crying and has scraped his knee and pick him up and say, it's okay, kiss the boo-boo and tell him that mommy's here? Shall I actually have that pleasure? Really? Now? I'm 90. I'm old. I cannot have kids. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah just laugh? And say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? That's pretty verbatim, right? Like that's, that's close. He asked Abram that. I think Abram's like, what are you talking about? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> right? Is anything too hard for the Lord, God asks? At the appointed time, I will return to you. About this time next year. And Sarah shall have a son. He's repeating this over and over. Like, it's going to happen. Sarah's hearing it. She's not, it's not just Abraham. Now Sarah's like, I hear it. And she's laughing about it. Sarah denied it. No, I didn't. I didn't laugh. What are you talking about, God? You're God. I wouldn't laugh at you. I wouldn't tell you that that that's ridiculous. I wouldn't tell you that that's impossible, God. Like, why would I say that? Well, she'd say it because she's afraid. He said, no. You laughed. Kind of like, no, Abraham, you must do it. No, Sarah, you laughed. And she can't deny that. It's in her face. How many times have we laughed at something that God's asked us to do? We know that it's something that God said to do. We tested it in Scripture and we know that God said to do it. We told our friends who also have wise counsel because they believe in the Word of God and they're following Him and they say, do it. And we laugh and we're like, no, that's impossible. I can't do it. I was just asking you because I thought maybe you'd say, don't do it. You know, like, that's really why I'm asking. And we laugh to ourselves and we say, that's impossible. And God kind of just whispers softly in your heart, and he says, no, do it. And you're like, no, I don't want to do it. But that's, and we laugh, and we, it's faith is funny sometimes. Faith is funny sometimes. Faith is funny sometimes. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. Because faith is funny sometimes. Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. They're going to say, Sarah, that's ridiculous. They're going to laugh and they're going to say, that didn't happen. They're going to laugh and they're going to say, Sarah, come on, please. You you found this kid on the side of the road. That didn't happen. She said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son. In his old age <clears throat> so we jump to Hebrews this is where we're at It's Hebrews <clears throat> if I had read Hebrews 11 11 to you first you would have been like oh yeah life was easy for Sarah she had this cool promise for God and he gave her a kid in her old age we've heard that story that's that Sunday school stuff <clears throat> By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. Received power. It was told to her, and she said it's like God lays out this plate and He says, Hey, here's the ability to conceive. And whenever she first hears it herself, she laughs. She's like, That's ridiculous. God calls her out on it, which thank oh goodness. I'm so glad God calls me out on stuff. But that's I, I call teenagers out on stuff when I see it, if I can because I want them to know that I see what's going on. If I don't call them out, they think they're getting away with their own personal little bubble of a life. But if I can call them out on something, it means, hey, no, no. You think that that's right, but that's not. It's not. I, I, I don't call a lot of adults out on stuff because it usually goes like this. That's not right. Well, who are you to judge? <laughs> Bible says don't judge. I'm like, yeah, but are you a Christian? Well, yeah, and you shouldn't judge me. I'm a Christian. Well, actually, if you're doing what the Bible says not to do, yeah, we should probably judge each other and help each other, like, grow. But anyway, so um, Sarah gets called out by God, and thankfully she listens, because this is what happens after that. She received the power to conceive. Her laughter at first was, <coughs> God, that ain't going to happen. God says, yes, it is. Don't laugh. I didn't laugh. Yeah, you did. Um, Okay, yeah, I did. You're right. Okay, I believe you. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I'll take it. Let's go. We're going to have a kid. She has a kid. She received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him, God, faithful, who had promised. Because faith is funny sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Okay? Hebrews 11.11. Let's look at that again. Okay? Get it in your brain. This is the story. This is the end of the story. The story to begin with is the fact that we had Sarah, my princess. Don't forget that. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. So the first thing, faith is funny sometimes. Here's, we got to figure it out. So I want you just really quick say, figure it out.
0: Figure
1: Figure it out. out. Figure it out. Well, that makes absolutely no sense, right? Figure it out? What are you talking about, JJ? Figure it out? Figure out what? Well, figure it out. Did God tell you to do it? Like what you're literally about to do? Whenever you woke up this morning and you put on your clothes, did you even think, hey, God, can I wear this today? Is this okay? Should I wear this today? Whenever I was sitting there, and it's so funny, like whenever I was sitting there at the computer one day, and I was like, I think I'm going to make some Rasta stickers. Yeah. I think I'm going to make 10 vehicle decals. That say Driftwood Church with our logo. And I'll put one on my car. I'll put one on Ashley's car. And I'm just going to go, I'm just going to get some. You know, I'm just going to get them. God, I, should I get these? Yeah, because you never know who's going to see it. I told Ashley, she said, you do realize if you put that on your car, you're going to have to, like, drive the right way, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So and That's now when I, I drive <laughs> yeah now when I'm driving I'm like oh let's try to have that car decal. You know like, okay, I'll stay behind you. Oh look at a pretty bird, you know, like okay. Who would have thought that actually it would I mean right I mean yeah there's a decal and you see it in Palm Beach Gardens and it's like where's Driftwood Church? Oh my goodness, it's right down the road. I did what do you want me to do, God? Okay, I'll do that figure it out. There was nothing in Scripture that said, thou shall not create a sticker that has your church on it and put it on a car. But there's some things that Scripture would say thou shall not do. There's some things that that a collective council would say, hey, it's probably better that you don't do that. There, there's some things that if you were to pray about it, God would literally say to you, do not do that. And then that's whenever we're like, well, let me go ask someone. <laughs> yeah, Oh, oh, let me go ask someone that's, you know, not in my small group. (laughs) Let me, let me go ask that friend that's never been to church because they know me they know my heart and they just, just, (laughs) they want me, they want me to figure it out. That's why I'll go to them. No, God says, figure it out because he knows we're not stupid. I have a bunch of teenagers, and again, I know that we think teenagers are stupid, but they're not. I promise, because they'll come to me playing a game, and they'll be like, "We, they, they want to play this, and they want to play that, and and this rule just keeps getting broken. Figure it out, democracy. Figure it out. If you, what do you want to do? You want to play only one game? You don't want to play at all? You just want to go? You just want to sit back? In, in, in the chair and get eaten by noceums, right? Like all the kids are swimming, and, and there'll be a kid that's, I don't want to swim. And I'll be like, Well, you're wearing shorts, so you'll swim by the end of the night, or you'll go home. Well, that's not fair. It's like, Well, I'm not getting eaten by noceums. I'm going in the water because noceums love me. I'm type O blood, which Fernanda and I figured out means that there is nothing that can be done, there is no cure.
0: <laughs>
1: Mosquitoes and no seams will forever eat me. If you're type O blood and you wonder why they follow you and not them, that's why. You wonder why you spray yourself down with any chemical that you can find, that's why. Okay? You light the citronella candle, you stand over, you breathe it in, you get it on your clothes, they still eat you. That's why. You're type O blood. And I figured that out. And so I'm in the pool on Wednesday night when all the other kids, at least the ones that don't want to swim, are like, eh, nah, nah. I'm like, figure it out. Figure it out. And God says that. He says, figure it out. Hey, Abraham, Sarah, you're going to have a kid. Well, when, God? You'll figure it out. Right? Okay, okay, God, we figured it out. We figured it out, God. I have the servant. She's the one that's going to have the kid. I figured it out. Did we ask God at all when I read that scripture? Oh, and God said, "Yes, that's the best idea ever. Why did I think of that?" <laughs> no. Cuz he had a plan. And he said, "Figure it out. You just listen. There's one way Abraham and Sarah. There's one way that you're going to have a kid. One way. Figure it out." Oh, we can't have a kid. So, I'll we'll have it through someone else. Well, that's not the plan. You did not figure it out. Sometimes, faith is funny sometimes because sometimes Sometimes we don't figure it out. And God lets us not figure it out. You say, well, that's not funny. Yeah, it is. Because eventually we look back on life after not figuring it out. And we're telling that teenager, yeah, I was stupid when I was a kid. You should have seen what I did when I was at your age. It was so stupid. I cannot believe that I did that. And the kid laughs. You were so stupid. How could you have done that? Really, you didn't think that that was a dumb idea? Faith is funny sometimes like that. God lets us get in a situation because we're figuring it out and we're not trusting him so that he can then teach us a lesson so that we can tell someone else about it. doesn't mean that you should go do whatever you want so you can have a bunch of lessons because I'll have a cool lesson one day. One day I'll have a cool lesson I get to teach my kid. Hey, guess what? Daddy never did that. Go ask someone else's parents if they never did that. And you know why I never did that? Because I knew God told me not to. Faith is funny sometimes because when we listen, then we get that story. I never did that because God said, do not do that. And I stuck with it. Faith is funny sometimes. We got to figure it out. I promise you it's not hard. promise you it's not hard. First, it starts with prayer and God's word. Prayer and God's word. Abraham has the ability to talk to God. God comes to him in prayer and he says, hey, Abraham, you're going to have a kid. That's God's word. That's God's prayer. There's the plan. Pretty easy to figure it out. Pretty easy to figure it out. You know, guys, we have the word of God. All we have to do is read it. I promise you reading the word of God allows for us to figure it out. Every single day, committing the Bible to memory, com- 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 committing some to s- scripture to memory, just to be able to have the ability to be able to say, God, I'm in this situation. What do I do? And God can just help you bring something up and says, hey, hey, do this. Or, hey, just remember this about me, about my nature. Just remember <laughs> this about who I am. Just remember this about what Abram did. Just remember this about who Sarah was. Just remember that even though Sarah was a princess, she didn't let that affect her life. Just remember that, hey, they made a mistake, and I pulled them out of it. Hey, remember Ishmael? I don't sweep anything under the rug. We're going to call this out for what it is, and we're going to make something beautiful of it. You guys are going to figure it out, I promise. If you're going through something right now that you can't figure it out, pray about it. Seek scripture about it. If you're not finding an answer, ask ask someone that is also praying and seeking scripture about it. Your small group. We have small groups for that reason, I promise. They bring up stuff all the time. And what happens in small group stays in small group. What happens sometimes at the band when we're practicing stays at the band while we're practicing. And that's okay because we're a small group and we can help each other figure some stuff out. After you figure it out, then you gotta actually use it. And here's where it's funny sometimes. Sometimes. It's only funny sometimes if you use it, if you use it, you're doing what God told you to do. He says to take a step in the right direction, you're going to do it. You do it. There you go. You've used it. You have this awesome story. But here's where it's only funny sometimes. When you do something God's told you to do, like I moved from North Florida to South Florida without a job, with a kid, and and all this the ridiculous stuff that I did. It's a great story, but I'm not going to tell you and it's just ridiculous that I'm even here. Okay? When I took that step, it wasn't funny. <laughs> but when I look back, it's, it's pretty funny. There's some stuff that happened that's pretty funny. I'll tell you one little story about what was so funny. So I told God I wasn't going. Okay, maybe you've heard this before, maybe you haven't. I told God I wasn't going because I had a lot of kids that I loved. I was in a student minister. And so I told God, hey, you got to take away my student ministry for me to go because ultimatums are apparently the only way I know how to live. And so I said, you gotta take it away. And he did. And it hurt. And I cried. And Ashley cried. And we got mad. And we argued. And we fought with people. And we didn't like it. And then I look back and it's like, dang it. I told God to do that. (laughs) What was I thinking? Faith is funny sometimes, and when you use it, you can look back, and you can be like, oh, that's funny how God will do some of that stuff. Wow, i got to be careful about what I say to you, God, don't I? Because you'll do it. But here's where it's only funny sometimes. Sometimes God gives us the ability to have faith, and we don't use it. And we miss out on a blessing. You guys have loved ones, I promise, because I have loved ones that have been given the opportunity for the very basic of this, to have faith in the one true God through Jesus Christ, his son, to be able to have sins washed away, to be able to actually stand before God one day and be able to say, listen, I have the blood of Jesus covering me and that's all I got. All right. I have that ability, but some people do not and some people in my family do not. But it doesn't mean that the people of my family that I know that I'm thinking of right now have not been given the opportunity to have that faith. They have have the knowledge. Some of them have gone to church their whole life. And they knew what it was like growing up as a kid. And they know what scripture says. And my parents were intentional as much as they could. And my aunts and my uncles were intentional as much as they could. And I know that there were great grandparents in the past that were intentional as much as they could be. And it's right there, it's on a platter. Like Sarah, who just received it, all they had to do is receive it. All they have to do is use it. And they won't. And so that's why it's only funny sometimes when it comes to faith. At first, figuring it out, that's just pretty much funny all the time, I think. Except when you're in it. But if you don't use it, then it's only funny sometimes. Sometimes it's about salvation, and sometimes it's about missing out on a blessing. It's only funny sometimes because you can look back and you're like, man, I missed that opportunity. Man, I missed I missed that opportunity with my kids, with their kids, with that person. I missed it. I didn't use it. But when you do use it, you have a story to tell and you should never, ever, ever, ever forget it. The, the, the faith story that you have is only for one purpose. It's not to gloat about who you are. It's to gloat about who God is. And here's where we never forget it. If you forget it, if you do, if you forget it, you miss out on the opportunity to encourage someone. But if you never forgive it, if you never forget your story, if you never forget what it is that God pulled you through, then the awesome thing is, is that you have the ability to encourage someone. That blessing jar that's over there is just like the stepping stone of what faith can do and how it can encourage people. When we stand up and we talk about blessings, that's another stepping stone to say, hey, listen, I'm going through this, or I have gone through this, you can get through it too. The week's been hard, I know, but it's gonna get better. In Abraham's story with Sarah, she holds her baby Isaac, and she says, nobody is gonna believe that this is actually my kid. When I tell this story, they'll never believe it. She told that story, I'm sure, 100,000 times. Non-stop until she, the day that she died. I'm sure she told it every single day, every single minute. The new person that walked in, the story over and over every day at the dinner table was, guys, guess what, you remember Isaac? And then the aunts and the uncles were like, yes, we remember Isaac. But don't you remember how he came into this world? Don't you remember what happened? Never forget it. And still to this day, that Hebrew tradition continues on, where they never forget where they came from with Abraham and Sarah. That's a ridiculous story. We have a song, Father Abraham, have many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. The kids <laughs> sing it in VBS all the time, I promise. We don't have those, but they do. Because they will never forget the story of what God can do. Whenever we're just faithful, when we just stick through it, whenever we just take that step, whenever we choose never to forgive it, because faith is funny sometimes. And You notice I've only spelled fun because eternity depends on it. If you tell your story to someone that has no clue who God is, you open up a door. Hey, who hears who God is. If you tell about your salvation to somebody that does not have salvation, you open up the door to something even further. Would you like to receive this gift as well? If you go to someone that's a Christian that has salvation, they're having a hard time and they don't know what to do. And God is literally saying, just do this. And you say, God did something in my life this week that I never would have thought was possible. And they take the step to do what God did because of your story. Eternity depends on it. What's going to happen tomorrow? Who knows? What happens today? Hey, we're in it right now. What happened in the past? That's your story. And maybe it's a story that looks exactly like Sarah's. You you have everything in the world except for the one thing you desire most. God promises that one day you're going to get it. Or maybe you want that so bad. And you're like, God, I know that you want to give it to me. I know that it's a promise. I know that it's something that I need. And then you just fight and you scrap through life. And you're like, God, I just want that promise. I want that promise. I want that promise. And God the whole time is saying, I'm going to give it to you. Just chill out. Just do what you're supposed to do. Just trust me. Don't fight for a promise like that. I literally told you I was going to give it to you. Eternity depends on it. Be patient. Walk with God. Chill out. If there's a promise that God has given you and it's not against his word, you saw counsel and people are like, yeah, like as far as we can tell, like that's definitely of God. Just wait. Just chill. But the most important promise above every single thing is eternity itself. And this mor- or this morning, if you're here and you, you don't know, you don't know about that promise, you're not 100% sure. <clears throat> we share the colors of the Rasta. It's my favorite way to share the gospel. It really is. It re- I mean, 100%. God has a promise that is above every promise, and that's heaven. Whenever I'm in heaven, I don't even care about whether or not the 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 tales, the fairy tales of wings are true. I don't care about whether or not that necessarily the streets are lined with gold. That doesn't bother me. I don't care whether or not I get to sit in a cool spot at the table and feast. I don't care how much food there is. I don't care about anything else that's there. The only thing that I care about is that literally I get to worship God forever, and there's nothing that's going to stop me from that. If it's work, God knows that I love to work. He knows I'm a servant. He knows, like, that's my thing. I like to get in there and just do whatever's required. If it's work that God has for me, and he says, hey, part of heaven is you're going to do this for all of eternity because I want you to do it. And guess what? JJ is right up your alley. You're just going to work all day. I'll be like, whoa, let's go, God. Let's go work. But if he's like, JJ, I just want you to worship me all day, I'll be like, God, give me a better voice. And yeah, we're good. And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Everyone's saying like, all right, let's do it. That's me. I'm, I'm okay. I just want to be with God all day. I have some questions for Jesus, like the mustard seed thing. I'll be like, Jesus, come on. Let's talk about that. But, you know, I have some questions. I want to see Moses. I want to see Abram. Can't wait to see Sarah. I want to see if, you know, she's really as beautiful as all these people say she is. I want to see Eve. <laughs> I'm going to compare them. Like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. But eternity depends on this. is This is heaven. But I got a problem, you got a problem, everyone's got a problem, Keone has a problem. I want everything to be mine. It's all about me. Doesn't matter how much money I give, doesn't matter how much service I do, Doesn't. at the end of the day, selfishly, I kinda want things to be about me. No matter what it is, no matter what my gift is. And that selfishness is sin. That's the root of it all. That's the pride of life. That's just wanting it to be me. It doesn't matter what I've done. It's all been in vain because nothing, nothing is as glorious as God. I'm sinful and I need something to cover that sin because I can't cover it up on my own. And that is, without a shadow of a doubt, the blood of Jesus. Jesus himself came down as a perfect sacrifice because, because God wanted him to from the very beginning of time. He was born of a virgin I can't describe how all that works. I just know God did a miracle. He lived a sinless life. I don't know how that works because if he's fully man and fully God, how do you even pull that off? But you know what? God does a miracle. Then all of a sudden he goes onto a cross for something he didn't even do. He gets claimed to be this, this lying, this, this, this person trying to steal the throne, this, whatever they can throw at him. And I don't understand how you could hate someone that's so perfect but people did and he died and through the blood that he shed on the cross, I have forgiveness of sin. I don't know how that all works, but he said, Hey, on the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me. And so I believe that he's not just a teacher. He is a son of God. And so through the blood of Jesus, I'm covered. And because of that, I get to go to heaven. And if you're not sure where you're ending up this morning, I'm telling you the blood of Jesus will help you be Sure. One day, whenever I do get to go to heaven, dude, that's going to be so awesome. I can't wait to see you there. Eternity depends on that decision, though. Faith, are you going to use it? you got to figure it out. Salvation is pretty easy. Jesus says, trust me. Now you got to use it. That's your decision. Then once ever you use it, don't forget it because someone else needs to hear it because eternity depends on it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. <clears throat> For who you are, how awesome you are, God, I just pray that you give us the ability and the desire to be able to do something for you today like we've never been able to do because of your power and your ability. God, just give us the ability to continue to have faith, even if it's something small, God. What do I just do today? God, help us be able to ask you that question and then to do it. And I pray these things for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.